And I was going to put it on and then fall down on the ground. <laughs> There's so many stories about these things. It scares me to death. They give you a, a, a lapel mic and they say, uh, it's already on. We'll just unmute you when it's your turn. And usually when they tell me that, I ask them, do you have headphones up in the sound booth? I mean, you don't want them to hear, well, I don't want them to hear me singing. Amen. <laughs> I've heard about preachers that have left them on and the, after the service and they walk out and they go into the bathroom. Next thing you know, here in the sanctuary, you hear, <laughs> I mean, these things are dangerous. You got to be real careful. Uh, oh, mercy. And I, I've heard some worse stories than that about them. So I, but we do the same thing back in our place, but there are no headphones and I, I was just thinking as uh, I was sitting here on the, on the platform, this is going to be the first time that I've preached a Sunday evening service in I don't know how long. By our Sunday service, we have a, a morning service and an afternoon service. Our second service starts at 1 o'clock. So usually, you know, th by this time you're uh, half asleep. <laughs> Amen? Like some of you right now. <laughs> it's been a long week. And I will take that into consideration. I understand. It's been a great week. And you know what? It's just not the week of missions conference. To do what you've done this week requires a lot of planning and a lot of work before the conference even starts. And, and you're to be commended on what you've done here. Tremendous, tremendous conference. Uh, attention to the detail, the little things, keeping the kids involved. And I always enjoy missions conference. As a, as a missionary, I do not like to say former missionary. It just, it's one of those things It's just hard to say. It's, it's like a Marine. You're not an ex-Marine. Amen? Uh, and I don't like the ex-missionary, former missionary. Uh, I like to consider myself a missionary still. And to be around missionaries and uh, to see uh, young couples that are getting ready to go to the field, that God is still calling people to the mission field and that we have an opportunity to support them. And then seeing the veteran missionaries as well, ones that have just stuck by the stuff through thick and thin. There's a lot of adversity, a lot of things going on, but they just keep on going on. I remember a, a missionary friend of mine said, he said, my daddy used to say to me, son, a steady drip of water will wear a hole in a rock. And we need just some missionaries, just that steady drip. We need some Christians, just that steady drip. Just steady, 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 and getting the, the job done. So thank you much, so much for the opportunity uh, to be here. I've enjoyed myself. I am refreshed. I am encouraged. And I will go home tomorrow uh, being encouraged in the Lord, what God's doing here at this place. Now, I'd like to invite your attention to 2 Kings 4 uh, this evening. 2 Kings 4. What I'm going to do, I'll read the passage here, and then we're going to go back and kind of look at this passage, and I'm going to ask you a few questions about it as well. But let's just go ahead and get started this evening, 2 Kings 4, and I'll begin reading with the verse, uh, verse 1. Just follow along with me. Uh, 2 Kings 4, 1, the Bible says this, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. 
And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy, uh, thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me this evening, Father? It has been so good to be in your house these last few days. Uh, the Spirit uh, here uh, in this missions conference. And Father, we're thankful for, for all that you've done uh, to make this happen. And Father, for the faith promise uh, offering commitments that were given this morning, those that were given this evening, and maybe the ones that will be given here in the next few days, next week. Uh, Father, that you would bless them, that you would use them uh, for the furtherance of the gospel. We pray tonight that you'd help us. Give us ears to hear, Father. Help us to be attentive uh, to this story, uh, a very familiar story to many of us. And Father, might you speak to our hearts once again. We realize, Father, that every time that we come to church and the word of God is open and it's preached that you want to speak to our hearts. Father, I pray that the enemy would not uh, take the seed that you desire to sow in our hearts tonight. And Father, I pray that you be uplifted, honored, and glorified because you are worthy. Father, we love you tonight and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to mention just uh, something real quick and then we're going to go right back to this, this passage. The, the work of missions has to do with our faith in God and with what he wants to do concerning the work of evangelizing the world. <clears throat> it is very clear as you study the word of God that our Lord does not want anyone to perish, amen? That the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on the cross of Calvary and he died on the cross for lost sinners and you and I are lost sinners and everyone in this world uh, is a lost sinner. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Let me ask you a few questions this evening. How many would say, uh, Brother Norton, I have heard at least one message out of this passage out of 2 Kings 4. Would you raise your hand if you've heard one message? Okay, would you raise your hands if you've heard two messages? Would you raise your hands if you heard three messages? Four, five, maybe even more. In being in a church like this and going to other churches and being involved in, in missions conferences, and I imagine the missionaries are here, I've heard several messages out of this passage of Scripture. And what happens when we come to a passage of Scripture that we're familiar with, what we tend to do is we kind of just, we get that uh, deer in the headlight look because we're familiar with the passage. But I wanna to propose to you tonight that maybe we're not as familiar with the passage as we really think we are. Through the years, when I first started uh, as a missionary and a missionary pastor, uh, what I would do, uh, uh, Pastor Hanks, he's mentioned that he studies in restaurants. Uh, it, pastors can be quirky as well. Uh, there are things we do. When I first started preaching, you know what I did? I tried to close myself in an office one day and try to get the messages. But you know what? Sometimes the, the juices aren't flowing. And you're there and you're looking and you're... And, and it, 
Father, you know I have to preach tomorrow. I, I, can't, I, I can't go up to the platform and it, I, I'm not Lester Roloff sitting on the platform going like this, okay, sing another one. I can't do that. I have to have notes. And you, you can't. But through the years, I, I, I've learned that, hey, you know what? I, I can't just put myself in my office and sit down because it doesn't work that way. So when the Lord starts to give me things, I write them down. I have all kinds of notebooks where I write thoughts down. And I might, it might be years later before I develop that thought. It might be weeks or months, but I write them down in a notebook. And as the Lord leads me in messages, I'll go ahead and write some things, jot them down. And there's some things that I got this week being here by some things that were said. And I'm going to take those and put them to the notes that I already have. You ever hear about the preacher that want to be original or nothing? He ended up being both. Oh, you're tired. He was originally and ended up being nothing because all of us, we get what we get from somewhere. And it doesn't become your own until you forget where you got it from. <laughs> so I would have different ways of studying. And over the years, I... to what I'm doing. One of the things that I do, I'll read over a passage of scripture. I'll read over a passage of scripture many times. And then there's even sometimes couldn't resist <laughs> but there's different things that I'll do when I prepare a message We're ready to go all right thank you one of the things that I do now is I don't always do this but I'll take the passage and I'll write it out I'll write the passage out and boy when you write the passage out it just seems like some things just jump off the page you'll see certain phrases that are mentioned over and over again. And so you and I that believe the Bible, that we believe in an every word Bible, that all the words are important, when you go and you read and you see that there's a certain phrase that's mentioned several times in a passage, that means that the Holy Spirit is trying to emphasize something. So as we look at this passage this evening, we're going to kind of go through it and dissect it verse by verse, and I'm going to make some comments or commentary on what we're going to see here and maybe some practical application. So let's just take a little trip and let's go to this widow woman, this poor widow woman's house tonight. First of all, look at her situation in verse 1. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. So here is her situation. Her husband died and left her in debt. Now this is not the message this evening, but it is worth mentioning that we need to learn to hate debt. Amen. We ought to learn to hate it. And if you're in debt, you ought to do everything you can to get out of debt. 
So here, she, this man, he, he feared God, but he got himself into debt. He passed away, and now his wife is left with that debt. This is her situation. And now the creditor has come looking for what he is owed. And every time I read that, I, I just think of the song, The Comforter Has Come. But here it is, the creditor has come, the creditor has come. He's come to get what is owed him. He is threatening to take her two sons to be bondmen. As I mentioned about learning a language in the culture, there in Mexico, there's a store. It's called Copel. In Copel, you have people that walk around throughout the neighborhoods and they pass out their advertisements. They'll leave it at your door, your front door, their back door, everywhere. They see in the street, they'll hand it, but they're, hand it out to you. But there's also some other people from Copel. Those are the folks that are coming to get paid. And boy, when you see them walk up to someone's house and they put the shades down, they shut the door, they're coming to, to collect their money. They're the bill collectors. Here the creditor has come looking for what he's owed. And this is an interesting note that I find here is that the widow woman, she knew where to go for guidance. Amen. The widow woman here said, I've got a problem. I don't know what to do. The creditor's coming. He's going to take my, my, my children. I have this debt and I need to do something. And she had sense, the wherewithal, to go to the man of God to get counsel. Can I get an amen tonight? Many do not know where to go. Or maybe it's that they do know where to go, but they choose to go elsewhere because they know that what they'll hear from the man of God is not what they want to hear. Look at verse 2 what she has. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. So what she has, I, I would say to you tonight, what she has is a serious problem. She has a creditor that is determined to get what he is owed. And she has two sons that are concerned that they're going to be taken away, taken away from their mother. Imagine being in that situation. The prophet asked her, what hast thou in the house? And here's something very important. Everything starts with what a person has. Everything starts with what a person has, but it doesn't stop there. The same is true concerning the faith promise missions offering. In 2 Corinthians 8, 12, the Bible says this, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So the prophet says to us, Hey, ma'am, what do you have in your house? Because everything is going to start with what she has, and then there's her faith that's going to be added to that. So it starts with what you have, what you're going to give to missions. It starts with what you have, but listen, it does not end there. Your faith must grow. So we ask her, what do you have in the house? And that's where it starts. The widow tells the prophet that she has a pot of oil. And this emphasizes the seriousness of her situation. She couldn't pay her debt because she didn't have the money to pay that debt. She confesses to Elisha that she has a pot of oil, but what she, ha what she has would be used by God and blessed by God and multiplied by God to do what she could not do. Did you catch that tonight? She has a pot of oil. 
That is not enough to pay her debt and for her to live. But she's going to take what she has and she's going to give it to the Lord by faith. God's going to take that. He's going to bless that. He's going to multiply that. And he's going to meet her need and many other people's needs. And he's also going to do something else for her. Many years ago, when I started uh, giving to Faith Promise Missions, I started by giving $5 a week. It was $5 a week. You say, well, what is $5 a week? Well, $5 a week was what I had. And $5 a week was what I could give to missions. And that's not what I give now, but that's where I started. We start with what we have. And I want to emphasize that time and time again tonight. We have seen her situation and what she has. Now let's look at verse 3 and 4. It says, Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. And thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So here's what the prophet tells her. Go, borrow, pour out. Go, borrow, pour out. Let me point out a few interesting things here. He told her to borrow. You understand what the word borrow means? He told her to borrow. Elisha told her to borrow of all thy neighbors. Now, here's where I, I like to look at the scriptures thinking, okay, wait a minute. What if I was one of her neighbors? What if I was the creditor? What if I was one of her sons? So you put yourself in the situation and you begin to think a little bit. Now, she is going to uh, go to her neighbors, but listen, she was a poor widow. Her neighbors knew she was a poor widow. Knew, knowing that she was a poor widow, who would want to let her borrow vessels? Knowing that if anything happened to one of those vessels, she could not pay it back. If someone were to give her two vessels and she takes them and she's walking in a way and she trips over a rock and she stumbles and she drops those two vessels and they break right there, that, that neighbor right there knows, hey, she doesn't have anything, she's poor and she came to me and she asked for them and now they're broken, they're destroyed. And... But she's got to go to her neighbors and ask for vessels. Something else that's interesting to point out that so far in our story, no one has offered to help her. And we should also point out that she was commanded to borrow empty vessels. So humanly speaking, the craziness continues. And this is going to become very interesting. Let us, let us take a peek inside of the widow woman's house. She and her sons go into the house and they shut the door behind them. The three of them are, are looking at the many empty vessels that they had borrowed. The many borrowed empty vessels. Can you imagine them? Just take a peek inside of their house and there they are maybe sitting around and the whole floor is just covered with all of these empty vessels and they're sitting there just looking at all the empty vessels. The poor widow, she grabs her pot of oil she holds it up in her right hand and in her mind, she hears the words that Elijah had said unto her, thou shalt pour out into all those vessels. Now think about that. I don't know if you all are seeing what I see. I don't know if you are thinking what I am thinking, but I have to ask myself, pour what out? Because she has oil here in a pot and she may be able to pour it into one vessel, two vessels, three vessels, but after that, it's over. 
And she has all of these empty vessels. The widow continues to hear the words that the prophet had said unto her, thou shalt set aside that which is full. That is interesting. She has a pot of oil and a whole bunch of empty vessels. But she's been commanded to pour out into the empty vessels one at a time and set each one aside as she fills them. Now, something else we need to point out here. Elisha did not give her any more information than we've already seen. That's what he told her. Go borrow these empty vessels from all your neighbors, not a few. Go into your house with your two sons, shut the door behind you, take your oil and pour out. That's all he told her. He didn't give her any information than from what we've already seen. He did not give her details as to what was going to happen. As a matter of fact, he didn't even tell her what was going to happen. And we don't even know if he knew what would happen. He just told her what she was to do. We see then that the poor widow would have to obey the word of God that was pronounced by the prophet of God and that by doing that, she would be acting by faith. She does not know. She's just going to act by faith. She hasn't been told how this is going to work. She's just got a bunch of empty vessels, a pot of oil, and she's to grab one of them. She's to pour in it, and she's pouring the next one and the next one, and she doesn't know how she's gonna, the oil is going to be multiplied. She doesn't know anything else other than that. It seems that the widow understood that what she was asked to do for her was impossible. However, church, with God, nothing is impossible. Let, let, me, let me just do a little time out right here. This is a true story. This actually happened. This widow woman actually lived. This widow woman actually had these two sons. The creditor lived. The creditor was going to come and take them from all of this is real. This is true story. This is not fiction. Without God in this equation, the only thing that would have happened is that she, the poor widow woman, would have transferred the content of her pot of oil into a few borrowed vessels. End of story. But as we'll see, that is not what happened. Amen? <laughs> it gets exciting because that is not what happened. She had the pot of oil, but she filled up a whole lot of vessels with it. And that's not where the story ends either. She gave what she had, that pot of oil, to God. She acted by faith. God took it. He received it. He blessed it. He multiplied it. And listen, church, he used it to bless her, to bless her sons, to bless the creditor and everyone else that bought oil from her. Give to God tonight, church, your pot of oil. Give to God what you have and God will use it to bless a whole bunch of people. I said I started out giving $5 a week to missions. $5 a week doesn't sound like a lot, but you know at the end of the year that's $260 with just $5. That's quite a bit of money. And boy, you start to add that up, $10 a week, $20 a week, $50 a week, $100 a week. Amen. And then when the person beside you is doing it, and everybody on your row, and everybody in this section of the church, everybody doing their part, God takes that, he blesses it, 
he multiplies it, and he uses it to bless so many other people. So moving on, verse 5 says, so she went from him. Now, this is exciting. <laughs> she went from Elisha. Uh, she, she leaves there. And, and from what we see in the scriptures, it doesn't look like she goes home. It looks like from there she goes to her neighbor's house. Okay, let's get real tonight. Now, you, you see this poor widow woman. She's coming up to your house. And, and now she's coming up to your door. And she's going to knock on your door. And she's going to ask you uh, for something. You see her coming. You're thinking, what could she possibly want? You open the door and she says, uh, hey, uh, neighbor, it's, it's good to see you. Hey, I, I'd like to borrow some empty vessels. Do you have any empty vessels? And you're thinking, okay, do I give her one, two, three? We've got four over there. Let's just go ahead and do it. We're not using them anyway. We give them the four. She takes those four. She goes to the next house. And so she's doing this and she's gathering up all of these empty vessels. And you imagine you know how neighbors are. Neighbors start looking out the window there. She, she's going to the next house. Oh, she's getting closer to my house. What, what, she's carrying all. What in the world is she doing? She's got all these empty vests. Oh, here she comes. Here she comes. Son, get the door. So she's collecting all of these empty vessels. How strange it is. It seems, we could be wrong, but it seems that Elisha and this woman still believe that God could divide the Red Sea, that Jehovah Elohim could still get water from a rock, that the Lord of heaven and earth could still rain down quail from heaven to the earth, that the Lord God still had power to provide a table in the wilderness, and that God was still the almighty God, and that his power had not diminished in the least. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. She doesn't know how this is going to play out. She's just got to go and borrow from all of her neighbors empty vessels, not a few, go into her house, shut the door behind her and her kids, and start to pour out. God's good, amen? amen. The Bible says that she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons. It seems that after she received the commandment, she went to borrow the vessels and she got as many as she could get. And so now she gets into her house. Imagine the scene in the widow's house. I have to ask myself, was there excitement in the air awaiting and expecting God to do something miraculous? Think about the mom here. Hey, hey, sons, 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 come here, pay attention. This is going to be good. Jehovah God is going to do something wonderful for us. Sons, I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how this is going to play out, but he is going to do something. Sons, we are going to see the hand of God in our house tonight. And I imagine there was some excitement in the air. Son, bring me one of those empty vessels. He brings it over. She fills it up and... Boys, that's one. Bring me another. Brings another one. She fills it up. And boys, bring me another one. 
She fills it up and now she's like, hey, come on guys, you gotta speed it up. We're gonna be here all night. There's a whole lot of empty vessels. This is getting good. This oil is, I mean, there's still oil in here and we're filling up all these empty vessels. Come on, sons, bring me another one. Bring me another one. And she continues to do this. And I imagine that she was excited, that her sons were excited. How can this be with such, uh, with, with just a little bit of oil and we're filling up all these vessels. Son, bring me another one. And there's not another one. And he says, mom, Mom, there isn't another one. They're, they're all full, Mom. And I can see the mom looking at her boys and thinking, son, aren't you glad we didn't borrow with just a few of them? Aren't you glad that we went to all the neighbor's house? Aren't you glad that we got all these empty vessels? Look at what we have here. The son would say, Mom, I'm glad you went to the man of God for counsel. I'm glad you obeyed the word of the Lord spoken by the prophet, Mom. My pastor used to say years ago, uh, our children are watching us. Our doubts and ridicules will chart their paths. But here she is being a testimony, not knowing what's going to happen. Her sons are looking at her and watching their mom act by faith, believing God's word, acting upon God's word, and seeing the blessing of God right there. Imagine the scene inside of her house. Maybe the, the widow and her sons were singing the song of Moses found in Exodus 15. I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him, glorying in the Lord and what God did. So here God is worked and blessed. Now that all the vessels are full, she looks at her sons, he says, boys, go put your coats on and grab my shawl, we gotta go somewhere. So here they are, now they're walking and they're going to the man of God's house because the only thing she's done is what he said but now she has all these empty vessels and she doesn't know what to do. So she goes back to the man of God's house. Look at verse seven real quick. Verse seven, it says, then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay the debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. So here as she goes to the man of God's house and he tells her, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to go and, and sell this and pay your debt and live on the rest. Can you imagine as she goes to the man of God's house and, and she's talking with him? Hey, women are a lot different than we are. You know, we, I, I would walk in there and say, hey, okay, I, I did what you said. I've got all these bottles of oil. Now what? But I imagine she went in there and she walks in the house. She's so excited and she's so thrilled because she just obeyed and God blessed and now she has this. She's back there. And I imagine she was crying and she's thinking, wow, this is so good. God is so good. Look what God did for me. Look what God did for my kids. I have all this. Hey, what am I to do now? Oh, I'm so thankful, so thankful that I listened to you. Now I have all this. What am I to do? And that's when he tells her to go. But this is... 
there's so much here. Think about this. She had borrowed all those vessels. So can you imagine? I can see this because of where I've lived. They're in the marketplace, and she sets up her table, and they're probably quite a few tables and she's got all those empty vessels there and so now someone comes by because they need oil she has one of those vessels they come by with their vessel this is very common in Latin America somebody would come by with their vessel she takes the oil there she dumps it in there they give her let's just say $20 they give her $20 they walk away now she's got a vessel that had oil in it it's empty someone else comes by the same thing so here she is she's, now she's got all of these empty vessels but she borrowed them. Can you imagine her now going back to the house, each, each neighbor's house? And you know how neighbors are, right? You want to, what did you borrow? That, what, 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 is, what is this all about? Here, 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 here are your, your, your empty vessels back. May, may I ask you a question? What, what, was, what was that all about? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> My God is so good. Amen. You know that I'm poor. You know that my husband died and he, he left me with this dead. I went to the man of God. The man of God said, hey, take what you have, that oil, pour it out in empty vessels, borrow from all your neighbors, and that's what I did. You'll remember when I came by your house and, and I asked you for those. And you know what? I had just this pot of oil and I dumped it in all these vessels and God blessed and now I sold it. I have the money and I just want to tell you that my God is so good. She walks away from that house, but guess what? She gets to do it again. She goes to the next neighbor's house, and it's the same thing. Hey, what happened here? What did you borrow for? I'm so glad you asked. She could do that with all of her neighbors, telling her neighbors how good God is and how God met the need. Think about the creditor. You imagine his eyes. When she walks in there and she flaps down a big old wad of cash, let's just, just to say it that way, boom, leave my boys alone. <laughs> whoa, 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 not so fast, not so fast. Wait, 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 okay, okay, I, 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 no, not a problem. I'm glad you paid it, but tell me what happened. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> my God was so good. Amen. The only thing I had was a pot of oil. Do you see, everywhere she would go, she had the opportunity to tell others about what God did because she took what she had. She took what she had. She took what she had and she used it for God and God's honor and God's glory. And that was multiplied by God. She was able to pay her debt and she was able to live her and her sons on the rest. You cannot outgive God. Here in the story, this widow woman, she started with what she had. Now, what do you have? What do you have? Do you have $5 a week? Do you have $10 a week? Do you have $20 a week? Do you have $50 a week, $100 a week? Start with what you have. Give it to God. It is amazing how God takes what we have and he blesses it and multiplies it, and he meets the need. And if you've already given of what you have, hopefully your faith is increased. Now, if Elisha asked this woman to do something else by faith, do you think she would be more inclined to do it? What about her sons? They saw that God blessed. You give by faith this year to Faith Promise Missions and you see how God meets that need. Next year when the Faith Promise Missions Conference comes around and God puts a number on your heart, whoa, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. God was faithful last year, and I know if he's put this on my heart, he'll be faithful this year as well. What do you have? Give what you have and grow in grace and learn to give sacrificially so that others can hear the gospel that you heard and were gloriously saved. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this evening?